and welcome back to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. This is episode number five, and I am your host, Daniel Del Piccolo. I'd like to um, extend uh, a warm welcome to any new listeners who have subscribed or, or are downloading the podcast on the website, and just say thank you very much for taking the time to subscribe, listen, and tune in. Just a couple of quick things uh, before we jump into the interview. And the first item I wanted to tell you all about is that we do have an Instagram account for the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Just search for that with no spaces, Portsmouth Running Podcast. We're also on Twitter. And uh, from since the beginning of this week, we've, or I think it was last week, we have a Facebook page as well now. So that just allows me to post out to um, everybody uh, a little bit more easily and generally to let you know when there's new shows and content on the website. So pop us a like or follow us uh, on those uh, social media networks. And yeah, look out for uh, further shows. So how's this weather been this week? Absolutely terrible. It's been fun, but it's been challenging to do any kind of uh, focused training this week with all the wind and rain. Uh, I myself have managed to get in a couple of sessions which had to be kind of adjusted for the weather, I think, and uh, more running to feel. Uh, but it's been it's been really, really good fun. I did my long, my long run yesterday uh, heading back from Winchester to Petersfield on the South Downs Way and for anybody who's planning to run that route uh, over the next few days, think twice about it. Uh, there is a lot of water and mud for most of the trail. It, it was very, very challenging underfoot and I was absolutely knackered when I got back to the Petersfield train station, uh, more so than I thought I was. Um, but yeah, it was nice to get back there and just uh, dry off and, and heat up under one of the, the ceiling fans um, inside the, the station office. South Sea Parkrun this morning, however, being, being Saturday when I'm recording this, uh, was really good fun. It was bright, it was uh, quite still and calm, uh, there was a chill in the air for sure, and there started being quite a lot of ice on the floor early mornings. So those of you heading out uh, for your early runs and stuff, watch out for that. Um, I've slipped over a number of times heading round the pubs in Old Portsmouth. Uh, in fact, I think there was there was one evening I remember in particular it was it was icy out and they were kind of warning people just to be careful when they go out. And as soon as someone says that to me, I'm the type of person who likes to go out and, and kind of experience those conditions myself. Uh, and hilariously, I turned a corner at Spice Island and in front of quite a few people standing by a pub window on the inside, all nice and warm. I just dropped beneath the windowsill because I, I slipped on my side and yeah, pretty painful stuff. So so watch out when you're out there running and yeah, take care. Now my guest on the show this week is Colin Reynolds and I was uh, super excited to interview Colin because he has uh, a lot of running experience, um, a lot of it, uh, experience out adventuring in the mountains, hiking with friends. Uh, and doing various uh, mountaineering courses and he's got experience with um, a number of different races including the CCC, uh, Hardmore's 55 mile and Hardmore's 110 and it was great to chat to Colin because he started running at an early age um, and I won't give anything away in the interview but yeah a really a really interesting experience and lovely story to hear. So that's it really a nice uh, short and quick introduction like I've said before, thank you again to everyone who's made such nice comments about the show. I really appreciate it, and I'm just glad that people are getting something out of these episodes, uh, because there are so many interesting runners out there with such great tales to tell, and this is the place where we get to hear them 
and store them and send them out to to the listeners so thank you and please enjoy episode five this is colin reynolds so colin welcome to the house hello dan visited quite a few times i have been here before yes (laughs) it's it's quite quite a short journey for you it is a very short journey for me. I didn't get wet on the way around. No, just a few drops, maybe. Um, mm. But you brought some beers with you, so uh, I did, of course. I, yeah. I guess we, we, uh, we, we, can, this, we yeah. can start by having a cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Got a nice uh, hobgoblin here to sample, and um, and another hobgoblin. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, appreciate you taking the time to come and uh, have no, a chat with me. No problem at all. Thank you. I know we've we've had many a running discussion, but um, it's always good to kind of not take stock, but like look back and just chat about your whole running journey so yeah yeah i'm happy to talk about myself no, no problem <laughs> it's great isn't it it's, it's it's hard to think about but it's great when it happens <laughs> brilliant call cool. so um so i guess um to start with it would be great to find out um a little bit about yourself uh where you're from um where you grew up that kind of stuff so over to you for a for a, for a quick intro okay well I'm, I'm not from these parts i grew up in in um the northern end of north yorkshire teesside mm-hmm a uh, really nice place to grow up, to be honest. Um, looking back on it, at the time I didn't think so, but yeah, it's a great place. Uh, so that's where I grew up, and I moved down here when I was about 20, joined the Navy. Okay. I came down here, and uh, I've been here ever since. Cool. Nice yeah. nice scenery and stuff up there, nice nice trails. and. Uh... Yeah, I was right on the, the, the cusp of North Yorkshire, so okay. living around North Yorkshire, I had a great stomping ground to grow up in. It was beautiful, yeah, and I think I was probably spoiled. Uh, when I came down here, and uh, all okay. of a sudden I couldn't see any hills. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you get to Portsmouth, and it's just it, flat. It is like. very flat. Yeah. <laughs> but we do have some. <clears throat> obviously, further north you go. Yeah, yeah the, the downs are absolutely stunning. Yeah, they they're, good, they're, they? they're comparable with North Yorkshire, I think. Cool. Excellent. So, um, so thanks for that. And uh, have you done any running this week by any chance? Have you been out? Um, twice. Uh, <laughs> I went today. Uh, did five today along the seafront. Mm-hmm. Uh, my usual route, and on Tuesday. Okay. So I went for another. I went for six on Tuesday. Same route again. Enjoyed. Was that was that Tuesday the stormy, the really stormy day? Was it, it was. Yeah, pretty windy. Yeah, I, I went out at lunchtime, so it was um before the main right. part of the okay. storm kicked in. But yeah, it was still pretty windy. Excellent. Yeah, we got wet. Yeah, uh, not <laughs> just from the, the not just from the sky, but from the sea as well. I think I think this this week runners commuters even people indoors have got wet. So yeah. <laughs> it's just been one of those weeks. Um, so you, um, you obviously do your runs along the seafront generally during the week and stuff. Do you um, you also commute into work? Do you so you, you do some bit of cycling? And- uh, I tend to cycle into work mostly, okay. um, just because it's convenient. It's easy. Uh, I work in the naval base, so it, it's um, it's quicker for me to cycle than it is to to drive. Yep. Um, so occasionally I'll run into work if I'm feeling yeah particularly sprightly in the morning, okay. which isn't very often. So yeah, it's normally the bike. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, and does uh, work goes hand in hand with with running? Does it uh, working in the navy? It's great. The, the place I work at the minute, they're, they're brilliant. You know, I, I run my own routines, and um, at lunchtime, there's a few of us who run where I work. So quite often, there's two or three of us that go out and do the five mile, six mile route along the seafront. It's great if you can get other people involved. It's it, brilliant. it is, yeah, yeah. And we've we've got a good little running community now going at work. There's quite a few of us that are, that are willing to go out here and there and everywhere. Is, yeah. is that something that you that you particularly were started yourself did you, did you kind of group uh, people together it just um i'm not sure if i was a catalyst for it or what mm-hmm. because you know i tend i like to run on a lunchtime um yeah. but others soon picked up on that and uh, and yeah so I, I didn't make a conscious decision to form a little running group it just okay. happened yeah. yeah so everyone was dead keen to get involved yeah 
there's another podcast I listen to called the Let's Let's Get Running podcast, and they often um, they've been talking a lot recently about uh, running and mental health and running and in inclusivity and stuff, and they've been posting a lot about um, or, or one of the, one of the services they offer is um, uh, setting up running groups at work for people. But we've I've kind of been in touch with them and, and chatted with them a little bit and sent emails about our running group at work where we've managed to get up, up to about 100 people join right. a running wow. community. Yeah. And that was all from individual people just doing their own runs occasionally at lunchtime. Yeah. And then we used all the social kind of net networking tools at work to form an actual kind of, I say formal club, running club, but it's yeah. not a formal running club. And yeah, now we get kind of 10, 20 people every lunchtime running in a group. And it's... So that's great. It's yeah. fantastic. It just gets people out. It's just so much more fun to share. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you mentioned there, you touched on the mental health aspect of it. Mm. And I think that's the reason why, certainly the reason why I run at lunchtime is yep. to clear my head. It does, doesn't it? It's yeah, so good. Because you can get so clogged up with stuff in the morning. Mm. And if you sit at your desk over lunchtime, you know, you, you're eating your lunch and looking at your computer screen yeah you, know, you just end up getting more and more clogged up until eventually you go home in a bad mood so i think running at lunchtime really mm -hmm. helps and you know I, I can't get out every day but i try you know at least two three times a week yeah and, and it does it resets your brain it does and it's, it's a just great enough, thing to do the yeah. sessions in the week are just enough to uh, to get you through and it's amazing like how you know you think going for a run at lunchtime a lot of people think like well you'd just be knackered in the afternoon but that break away wakes yeah. you up has the opposite effect yeah absolutely, absolutely turns you back on so, uh, so, so stepping back a bit, you told us where you're from and stuff. When did you, when did running kind of first, uh, I guess, play a part in your life, or, or when did you first take your, 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 or your first steps towards running? Yeah, no, I'm not really sure about this, to be honest. Um, I, I got a job delivering milk when I was about 13. I must have just about been 13, 14, yeah. and I started on a milk round, okay. um, which involved, you know, there was two lads, me and one of the lad and the boss. He'd drive the milk float, he'd make up the crates, we'd run down all the, the, the roads and down the Just pathways, dropping the bottles in, yeah. Putting the bottles down, coming back with an empty crate, grab another one, off we go again with a little list telling us where to take the milk. Okay. <clears throat> that would be about two hours right. on a morning. I worked Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Gosh, that was like just like a perfect natural kind of intro to running. It, it was, <laughs> and I'm not sure whether I really started getting interested in running and, and looking at, at, at people running. Uh, at that point or whether the, the milk caused it yeah. okay interesting and I guess obviously I've spoken about this um, with, the, with some of the other guests as well that I've had on um, running was very different back then because it's changed the landscape's changed so much over the years like you wouldn't have been able to stop your milk cart and look at Strava or anything just to see if anybody else had run the same route <laughs> no, no. <laughs> to be honest, we did have a little we, there was a little competition that used okay. to run on the milk round, and there was a, a fabled milk boy from many, many years prior to me. Oh, really? <laughs> and him and one other guy set this record on the round. Oh my uh, gosh, that's brilliant! And so it was always something for us to aim for. The, the round was around about an hour and forty-five minutes. Okay. And th these two guys had run it in an hour and twenty or something one morning. So every, every now and then we'd have a go at the that. record. Yeah, and it, it was hard work. You yeah. know, it was very hard work. Because you know, you're carrying quite a heavy load as well. Mm -hmm. You can carry you know, 18, 20 milk bottles yeah, at once. Yeah. And it's a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you sweated some doing that. So that, that, that's going to bring me into the next question, which is, did you break the milk cart FKT? No. <laughs> FKT standing for fastest <laughs> known time. <laughs> no, we, we, um, we got within two minutes of it. Okay. But I, I still think it was made up. See, so yeah, this, this yeah. kind of form of like you know, starting to run and then having... 
like a Strava segment kind of, kind of idea. <laughs> yeah. It's been happening for years. It has right? been happening for years, yeah. Because we, we like racing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see someone else running, then it, it's already a race, isn't okay. it? This is going to be an official thing now. I think it's going to be the Yorkshire Milk Cart FKT. <laughs> and it still stands at 120 or something. Yeah? Uh, 122. 122. I, I, I'm, I'm taking the record. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, did you uh, did you do any other sports as a as a as a kid? Did you do anything in school? Or? Um, not really. Um, when I was at school, it was when the the teacher strike was on. Um, now we didn't get a lot of opportunity to do sports. You know, okay. during school time, we did a bit bit of athletics, um, a little bit of rugby, a bit of football, the usual stuff. And you were always keen to take part in those. Yeah, yeah, I always, always got stuck in. I was never much good, to be honest. I, I there was no sports that I excelled at. Mm-hmm. Uh, the running races uh, at school. I'd do okay in, you know, I'd be top five. Did you carry a milk cart? A milk cart? <laughs> no, maybe I should have. Um, but no, I, I was never um, spectacular at anything. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, um, uh, I, I, I won the school cross country one year. Excellent. Okay. But that was only because the top three runners weren't there. Right. Okay. So it was you, kind you, of by you default. Had, you had no yeah. part to play in that, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> they're, they're all fine now. Excellent. Okay. And um, did you? So that was a race. That was pretty much your first experience of a uh, yeah it was it was um yeah there, there was not a big event but it was a, a school school cross country okay it's funny talking to a lot of people um you know not not on the show specifically but but outside um there, there tends to be like a general or sometimes a, quite a negative view of running when you're in school because i don't know i guess maybe as a, as a kid you don't want to do it as much or many kids don't want to or, or used to not want to yeah um and you know obviously if you don't want to participate in PE with other children you feel pressured uh I remember my teachers used to just make us do it. And you'd well, that, that was certainly the case when I was at school. Yeah, we had no choice. Yeah, you had to do it. You we had to do it every event. You had yeah, to do it. Best in pants. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, it. Out yeah. the yeah. cold. If you've, got your, if you've got your shorts, you'll be there in your pants. Your little wife runs. <laughs> oh, dear. It was, uh, I, I don't think teachers would ever get away with stuff <laughs> no, no. these days. No, you wouldn't. Um, brilliant. Excellent. So that kind of gives us an idea that you, you know, you, you're running. It obviously played a part in early life. You know, through through work and through school and stuff. So you you've been introduced to running, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, even after the milk round, you know, I, I think I, I kind of had the bug without realizing I had it. So oh, okay. I, I'd I'd go out and running. You know, it'd only be two or three miles, but again, you know, it was a good way to clear my head. Even back then, mm. you know, seventeen, eighteen year old, I'd, I'd go out for a little jog. So it's almost like you were in that pattern, but not realizing or being mindful of the benefits you were getting from it, but you were enjoying them. Yeah, yeah. 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 I used to live at the end of a park, and it was nice. Okay. Just to, we had a big river run through it, and uh, I could run down along the river, Yeah, like I say, only a couple of miles. We had a dog. I'd run down there with a the dog and back. And Lovely. Yeah, um, I used to really enjoy it. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, as we're talking about yourself, uh, you're in a rock band as well, a covers, rock, rock covers band? <laughs> I am, yes. 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 Um, <laughs> rock band, yes. What, what's, the, what's the band called? Uh, we're called After Dark. Brilliant. And uh, keeps you busy? Uh, Lots of gigging uh, and practising? No, not really. No, we, we, I think we only gigged four times last year. So, yeah, we're, we're an occasional rock band. Yeah. Okay, um, excellent. But, yeah, it, it, it's good fun. I enjoy it. I guess those, um, sometimes when you do gig, they affect the morning runs after... Um, we're out till quite late. <laughs> we are out till quite late, but it's not rock and roll. You know, we don't drink Jack Daniels and uh, lay around to the early hours. You know, it, it's <laughs> very unrock and roll. <laughs> you know, we pack up all the kit and then drive home. Cool. So yeah, I'm normally home by about one o'clock, but I'm not drunk and I'm yeah, yeah I'm not partying. That's true. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can still make it up for an early run. Yeah, yeah, normally. 
Brilliant. So, um, so you mentioned earlier, um, you're obviously in the Navy, um, and you know, speaking to other people that I know and hearing other other uh, podcast shows, interviewing um, ex forces members. They there seems to be like a good opportunity in the forces to to do sports and participate in sports and and it is actively encouraged. Mm. It's a great thing, yeah, yeah. because. You are positively encouraged to get out there and do sport. Yeah, and um, fitness is important. In fi- the forces, fitness yeah. is vitally important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and again, not just because of the, because it can be quite a physical job at times. It's because of the the mental benefits it brings you as well. Mm. You know? okay. So, yeah, I think sport, uh, wherever you are, you know, doing physical activity is brilliant. Mm. Yeah, no matter what your job, wherever you are doing yeah. it, it's Makes great. It gives you a, a feeling of, of team team bonding and camaraderie and stuff. And, it, and it does. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. So, so you've done, I know you've participated in some snowboarding. Um. Uh, I have, yeah. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I've done quite a bit of snowboarding, um, but I managed to make it onto the Navy team for um, a couple of years. So, right. I, yeah, I had a, uh, some good opportunities there. Um, I was probably a little bit old okay. when okay. I joined the team. You know, I, I probably passed my best. Um, but no, I had a great time. And yeah, we did a lot of stuff. Um, so, yeah, getting to travel out to to uh, the Alps every every year mm-hmm. and compete against the army in the RAF Lovely. was was great fun yeah really nice um, does it, it, like how do you keep fit for snowboarding uh, is it is it is it is is that kind of nothing you can do here living in Portsmouth but does the running would the running help uh, I I think the running did help you know just keeping your, your cardiovascular system going um, mm-hmm. because you know you tend to be at altitude when you're snowboarding right and when you're practicing when you're training you tend to be hiking quite a lot instead of getting the lifts so yeah that does help um you know to to train to snowboard really you've got to be snowboarding but you can build up your strength you know normally that's gym work Mm. um not that i ever did any but yeah it would be yeah leg strength is is where it's all at yeah and obviously core strength okay oh brilliant um injuries because i mean i I know some snowboarders over where i work and they've spoken to me about some horrific injuries <laughs> yeah i mean I've, I've had nothing horrific i've had a couple of um yeah show stoppers for me yeah okay. I, I fractured my my lower back uh, a few years back um so that wrote me off for a few months and uh what ended really my my time on the, the snowboard team was me dislocating my shoulder oh really okay yeah my ac joint my uh, at the top of my shoulder, I dislocated. That's, a pain, that's pretty painful. Uh, it, it was painful, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I kind of recognised that my time was up. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah that, okay. was, that was time for me to retire. Brilliant. So back to the running a little bit. So you've, um, I, I know you've entered a lot of races over the years. Can you remember your first race, whether it was a marathon or an ultra? Um, <laughs> and you know exactly where I'm meeting. I know exactly where you're going yeah, with this. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 um, so, okay. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I know about this this race you did. It was, yes. it was an ultra well it was it wasn't billed as an ultra and it, I certainly didn't I didn't even know what an ultra was okay. at the time it, it was um, 2006 or 7 2007 I think yeah some time ago then yeah yeah um, I'd done the Great South Run a few times so 10 milers mm-hmm. um, and I'd done the Gosport Half Marathon once okay so uh, I was I, I knew how to run 10 miles uh, I was uh a bit of a, a 30, 13 mile virgin. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, we decided to do the Keswick to Barrow race, okay. uh, which goes from uh, in the Lake District from Keswick to Barrow in Furness. Okay. 40 miles. Right. Um, and it's billed as a walk. So it's called the Keswick to Barrow oh, okay. walk. So right. they get a lot of people there, two and a half thousand odd people turn up. It's done in teams. Uh, you don't run as a team or walk as a team. Um, but your overall time as that team is, is, is what um, 
okay. of what um, is marked at the end. Yeah. As it was billed as a, as a walk, were there people planning to run it anyway? Yeah, of course, you know, because it's it's the first person across the line gets some kind of kudos, gets points, and uh, gotcha. gets okay. a prize. So, of course, it's a race. There will be running. Whilst, whilst it's a walk, it's still a race. Yeah. So, and there were some very good runners that took part. Okay. Very good. So, um, so, so, so tell us how that all started. So, you're, you're obviously, you've run 10 miles and won 13 mile race. So, yeah. you're 40 mile ready, basically. It, <laughs> it wasn't my idea. So I was, one of um, the guys I was working with came to me with the idea. He said, look, why don't we enter a team for this race? I said, okay, then get the team together and we'll organize it. So we started training, you know, you know, seven, eight, nine miles, and we even went up to Queen Elizabeth Park, okay. and we did a, a twelve miler up there. That mm-hmm. was our that was our big long training run. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're smiling. <laughs> and that Brilliant. took us that took us up to the the weekend where we we drove up to the Lake District and we stayed in the youth hostel the night before. <clears throat> They're good though, aren't they? They're really. The youth hostel was great. It was really great, yeah. except for one thing, and that was the fact that. We'd organised to make a huge pan of porridge before we set off the next day. Right. Um, now the start, we had to be at the start at five a.m. Okay. The kitchen for the youth hostel didn't open until seven a.m. So when oh, we got up, the, no. there was a note on the door, and the door was locked, and we couldn't get into the kitchen to cook anything. So we we had to go without breakfast. Oh. And, and on yeah. that distance, that's not good. Uh, no, <laughs> no, not not good at all. Were you worried, or were you, or were you just no, not, not really? Off? I was just, you know, I wasn't prepared for what was coming. Yeah, so you just cracked uh, on. Yeah, we, we got down to the start line, um, which was on a layby just outside of Keswick, um, and we we set off. And I was running with another guy. Um, we were around about the same speed, and, and we set off. A friend of yours, or uh, one of the guys I worked with at okay. the time. Yeah, yeah. Cruising along, a lovely little run, mm-hmm. uh, um, takes you alongside a track of a, a reservoir for the first few miles and then across a road, then you're up through some more off-road bits and then down onto a road. And So it, it was a nice combination of between road and, and off-road. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were we were hoofing along. Okay. We were doing really, really well. <laughs> this is great, this is a 10-mile pace. <laughs> yeah, well, we were, yeah. We, we, we ran the first 10 miles at sub-8-minute mile pace. Okay. Um, which of course me talking now recognizes the yeah. <laughs> the madness you're in that in, you're gonna be in trouble later yeah 13 miles we, we passed around about 8 30 pace okay. uh and then we got to the 20 mile mark and we were in position around about 19 and 20 okay and we were thinking we're nailing this we have got <laughs> this in the bag <laughs> confidence yeah and then, and then mr concrete man came out right and wrapped yeah. himself around each of your feet. Yeah, it injected all his concrete into my legs, and at mile 21, the wheels fell off good and proper. Right, okay. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, so from mile 21 to 27, all I could do really was hobble. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we got to mile 27, and one of our support crew was there, and he massaged a bit of life back into my legs. Okay. And I can remember lying on the floor there in the wet, thinking, how am I going to manage this other 13 miles? Mm, that's a long way to go after that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And I hobbled and jogged for the next 13 miles. Oh, yeah, that must have been terrible. You know, it's possibly the most unpleasant experience of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, you know, respect to you for doing that. I mean, honestly, I mean, you, you, you're nowhere near ready for 40 miles, clearly. And um, No, uh, I was completely unprepared. Yeah. Completely unprepared. Um, in fact, I've never been so unprepared for a race. 
But I was thinking, you know, 12 miles around Kiwi Park was enough. Mm-hmm. That would do me, but yep. it didn't, no. No, not at all. Okay, well, you know, you learn from these things, and... Uh, yeah, I think I did learn yeah. from that one, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send you some kudos your way for the courage for doing that. Okay, oh, well, thank you had no idea <laughs> what you were going to be in for, but... Um, no, no, I was mistaken. Right, so you'd, you'd advise somebody doing that definitely not to, uh, to go and do that, or just... Oh, no, no, my advice would be to do exactly the same thing. Brilliant, yeah. good stuff. <laughs> and why not, why not? Did you have a nutrition plan that day or anything? Uh, no, I didn't eat breakfast? at all. Okay. <laughs> I'd never had a nutrition plan for any of the runs I've done before because they were 10 miles yeah. at the most, 13 in Gosport. Did they have any feed stations on the, on the route? Or? There were, yeah, but they had burgers. What? And, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a burger. <laughs> Which is probably quite good when you're walking, but, you, you know, I've always ran on an empty stomach. Mm. You know, I haven't set out off running with food in my yeah. stomach, and I've never, I've never considered at that point to eat while I was running. <clears throat> and I guess so, with it being a walking a walking event mainly, burgers make sense yeah, a bit more. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I ate nothing the whole way around. I drank water. So any any one le- the main lesson taken away from that race is it, is, it, is, it, is it pace yourself or is it don't bother entering? Yeah, if you're do, not some ready. do some training. Do some training. Do some miles. Oh dear, Carl. Great story. I love that. Um, brilliant. Good experience. I mean, there's some, it's, it's, it's character building. I think there's um as much as much as you'd never advise somebody if you were a coach to do <clears> that thing. There's something character building about having the bravery to just go in and do it. Yeah. As yeah. long as you learn from it. Yeah. And having at that point of, you know, you're 20 miles in and you've got 20 miles to go and thinking, well, I've got no option other than to carry on. You've got a, another nine team members who are relying on you finishing. Yeah. So, yeah, you just you dig in and you carry on. Mm. It's unpleasant, but yeah. you do it. Yeah. Safe face. Don't, don't, don't lose any <laughs> yeah. dignity at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant call, excellent. Well, well done on that. I, I didn't uh, come twentieth. It goes, it goes <laughs> to show some of, some of your some of your grit and determination to get through. You know, um, is uh, shows through that. I think for sure, <clears throat> a lot of people would have just thrown in the towel. I think. <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, obviously, after that event, uh, how many how many how long a break did you have before you did another long race like a marathon or um, a long break? Um, very long break. I don't know, what was that? Two thousand and seven. Yeah. So, um, I entered my first marathon when I turned 40, okay, which so was so, right. 2012. Okay, so five-year gap with just some standard running and, and maybe a few yeah, races. Yeah, you know, that I, I'd always run, you know, to keep myself fit. Okay. Running was what I did to keep myself fit. So, um, yeah, when I turned 40, I thought, well, I've never done a marathon. Yeah, I didn't count the Keswick to Barrow as a, 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 a real... Okay. Uh, event for me because you know it was just so horrible um so i thought i'm, I'm going to run a marathon i'm going to do it seriously so um, i looked for the next available marathon that was like four months down the road um so i could do a proper training plan up to it and it turned out to be the new forest marathon okay good run really so, good event yeah great event so i entered that and i followed a proper training plan for once and i i hit that marathon feeling quite good brilliant yeah and it, it it pissed it down the whole way around. <laughs> it was right. horrible weather. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was the that was the atrocious year, wasn't it? I yeah. Think, uh, it was yeah. absolutely waterlogged. Yeah, and I was soaked from at the start line. We were soaked, and then mm. we just got wetter. Um, but no, it was a really good run. I enjoyed it. Mm. But I did swear that when I crossed the finish line, I would never do another marathon. <laughs> I was so badly chafed <laughs> in all those awful places you don't want to mention. It sounds um, like you got all your lessons done with the first few <laughs> first few long runs that you yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> 
Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, that New Forest Marathon is, is fantastic. I know they've um, they stopped the race for a, for a few years and then kind of brought it back again. Yeah, I think I did the last race of the old course. Um, right. That's so right. when they changed the course, okay. yeah, that, that, it was the last course. So the, the race I did was quite a lot on the road. Okay. Um, whereas now I know they've, they've updated it a lot and it's a lot of it is off-road now, mm. which is good. Um, I think that was my first marathon race as well, apart from the one I did on as a Strava challenge one day, just, just as a one-off. But um, I remember starting on the start line at the New Forest Marathon and kicking off and within 10 seconds dropping all my gels all over the trail, <laughs> all of them. And I had, to, I had to literally stop and turn around and pick them all up. It was, it was a shocker. Lots of lessons as well. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, have you been back to do the New Forest again? Or uh, would, you, would you go back again? Because it's quite, quite a nice area to run in. No, actually, I returned to the New Forest um, a few years later uh, and did the New Forest half on the same day as the marathon. Good, yeah. Did the half marathon. And again, a lovely course, great course, and I really enjoyed it. Now, I was just bringing myself back to fitness at that point. Um, so I think I was in training for a marathon at that point, but not marathon ready. So okay. yeah, entered the half and, and did that. Cool. Wh which one were you training for at the time? Can you remember where you were, uh, where you were going? Was it Richmond or? No, I think it was before that. So I would have been running up for the uh, South Downs Marathon. Ah, another good run. Wow. Great run. Yeah, yeah, really lovely. Can yeah. get very hot, very sticky. Well, yeah, I've done it twice. The first year wasn't so bad. The second year was... 30 degrees plus the whole way wow right and it was baking yeah i think i've heard stories of people just kind of like you know peeling yeah. off to the side of the trail and just sitting down and resting. yeah it, it was really tough the last six miles or so i was i think i was um had heat stroke right okay. um but i was just keeping myself in the shade and you know walking and running walking and running mm. um yeah did you but, feel a bit ill afterwards yeah yeah very ill okay yeah, yeah it, can take, it can take a lot out of you the heat on those uh, on those marathons so, I mean, you've, it sounds like you've done a fair few marathons. And have you got, do you keep tally or, or count of uh, how many um, you do? Yeah, not that many, to be honest. Um, the South Downs Marathon was 2016. And 2016 was my marathon year. I did five in that year. Wow, um, right. After having only done one before, and that was a New Forest Marathon okay. four years earlier. Um, so I trained myself and did the uh, South Downs Marathon. And then... A little later, I did the Richmond Marathon, okay. followed by the Glencoe Marathon. Beautiful. Uh, so stunning. Nice. Yeah. yeah, absolutely stunning. Um, then the Meon Valley Marathon, okay. and then ended up at the end of the year with the Portsmouth Marathon, ah. where I PB'd. So, yeah. so wow. obviously running four marathons followed yep. by a fifth marathon in a year is, is good for my speed. Mm. Yeah. And I think to have a PB, because I know, I know another friend of mine who's got a PB... His, his marathon PB is on Portsmouth as well. Right. I don't know if it's still your PB there, but... It, it is, yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, a, it's incredible because the route isn't that friendly underfoot a lot of the time. No, so. it's, a, it's a little bit slippery in places. And mm. um, obviously there's the shingle beach and the, the mud flats as you, you're going around to the yeah, eastern road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite... A, it's flat, flat as anything, but it's it's not the easiest of courses, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Well, excellent. So, so, so yeah, it sounds like you've got your marathons well and truly kind of like... I did that, yeah. Now, and, yeah. And all your lessons <laughs> learned, all, all within the first couple. Um, you, um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't want to kind of skip too far forward in the timeline and stuff, but I wanted to chat to you about a very long race that you did up in Yorkshire called Hardmores. Yeah. Um, and I know you've been up there twice to do two different runs. I have. Can and you that, tell us that, about those? That does tie in quite nicely to um, Portsmouth Marathon. 
Okay. Actually, because after the Portsmouth Marathon, I, I thought to myself, I want to do an ultra. Yeah, I've done five marathons this year. I'm happy with a marathon distance. Um, I wasn't interested in running a faster marathon, i.e. on the flat. I wanted to do stuff in the hills. That's where I really started to enjoy stuff. Um, and so I thought, I want to do an ultra. And the first one that caught my eye was the Hardmores 55 okay. in North Yorkshire. Primarily, I think, because I'm from there, my family are there, and it would have been easy for me to accommodate myself mm. and have a little bit of support as well. And you, and you do like the hills. And well. I, I love the hills, yeah. yeah. And it was my old stomping ground, so I know the area. Okay. So uh, it's, it's actually part of the Cleveland Way, the 55. So I did the 55 that year. Uh, and then I think I was kind of hooked. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the whole concept of running for, the, for that long and meeting different people and then running in the dark and not really knowing who, you, who you're talking to and uh, mm. you know, having strange conversations with people in the middle of the night. And, and, and to trees and shadows. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything else that happens to come by you. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, so after that, I thought, yeah, I'm definitely going to do another one of these. Okay. Um, just, just back to the 55, um, how did that go? Was it, was, did you have much more success from obviously the the 40 miler you did before <laughs> was it a very different experience did you um, ha like, wh what did you do differently all the things you did differently I, had, I was very lucky um, it started in Helmsley um, and I was uh, very lucky at the start line I got chatting to this guy he, he was a bit older than me must have been in mid 50s and um, I, he, I told him it was my first ultra and uh, he kind of put his hand on my shoulder and said you stick with me son <laughs> That's I went, a good okay. guy to have. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just that voice. <laughs> yeah, and what a great guy, Stu. His name was, and he was he was brilliant. And uh, what he did, he said, "Stick with me." He said, "Do what I do." He says, "When I eat, you eat. When I walk, you walk. And when I run, you run." Fantastic. And so I did. And, and he said, "We'll do that for the first twenty miles." He says, "Then the next thirty-five are yours. You do what you want." Okay. And he took me to a place called Osmotherley, which was twenty-two miles in. And it's the first big checkpoint. It's in a village hall. And you go in there. And he sat down when we got there. And he said, I'll see you at the end. He goes, get going now. And I was, I was champing at the bit to get going. Because, mm. you know, I felt like I was, had a lot of energy in my legs. You know, I felt fresh. He you could know. sense that as well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And it reined me in for the, that first 20 miles. And that really set me up for the next 35. Brilliant. And I think, had he not done that and not taught me that lesson for that first mm. 20... Uh, I'd have blown up for sure, and but I didn't. You know, I managed to keep going, and you know, certainly I was I was walking places, walking up the hills, jogging down the hills, complaining about how bad my legs were hurting and all the rest of it. But I got to the end and felt good. Yeah, and yeah, that was down to him. And it says a lot for the wise uh, old sage. Yeah, yeah, it says a lot for the trail running community, doesn't it? That people are, are just so willing to lend a hand and lend advice. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, effectively, you're all competitors on the course. Yeah. However. No one gives a crap. Well, most people don't give a crap, and they're, they're just so willing to not to a help you and b let you let you cross the line ahead. Like it's just not a, it's not oh, a yeah, big deal. Yeah, it's an, you're out there for an adventure, for an experience, for learning. And I think that that's what what gave me the bug. Mm. Straight away, it was completely different. You know, even to the marathons, the marathon distance is completely different yeah, because it's still I a agree. race. You still chat to people on the way around, but you're still racing. Yeah, and you know everything's a race, and even the ultras are races, but. You, you feel as though the person who's running beside you wants you to do well. Yeah. 
is very much that. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. There is that kind of that bond between everyone who's running there. Yeah. You're not thinking, I want to beat him. I want to beat him. I want to beat him. Mm. You just want to get to the end yourself, and you want to see everyone else get there as well. Yeah. And I think that's the big difference between that ultra distance and a and a marathon distance. Mm. That's the step. Have you have you kept in touch with any of the people you, you've spoken to? Yeah, that, that guy. I still still speak to him oh, on the yeah, email okay. occasionally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and as it happens, we'll, we'll probably come on to this in a second. The hard more was 110. That 110 miles. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's actually 112 officially, but it's called 110. Yeah. So your watch clocked 112. Uh, well, my watch clocked 117, but I think that was oh. a, a blip in Strava. Did you make a complaint and uh... <laughs> send my watch back? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Excellent. So, also, so 110 miles. So, obviously, the 55 has gone well. You, you've picked up some really good lessons, made some friends en route. Yep. And you're thinking, I want this again. I'm going to go for the Hardmore's 100, 110. Yeah, that became my focus after doing the, the 55. I, I thought, 110, I want to do this because I want to do a 100 miler. But I want to do one that yeah, I can be supported uh, doing and also a place where I love running. Mm-hmm. And the 110 just seemed the obvious choice. Uh, my mum came and supported me for the whole race. Um, you know, came around with a flask of tea and you know, you know, all kinds of stuff in the back of her car. It's a big commitment. It's a it is. It's a huge commitment. commitment yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the following year, I did the hundred and ten. So two thousand and eighteen. Wow. Yeah, and again, that was just a superb feeling. You know, from start to finish, it was just great. I loved it. Uh, where, just, just, just briefly, where, where does that take you in Yorkshire for those who, who may be familiar with the with the area? Right, so the Hardmore's 110 um, is a, like an upside down horseshoe that starts, uh, we actually did the reverse. So we started in Filey and finished in, in Helmsley. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that's the route of the Cleveland Way. Okay. So the Cleveland Way is a 112 mile long distance walk. So it's the entire path. And it's the yeah. entire path that you do okay. for the Hardmore's 110. Wow. Yeah. And how long did that take you, that, that run? How long that was you... 32 hours. That took wow. Me. And that's some, some really tough terrain, really tough conditions. Yep, steep in places. The, the, the nighttime conditions during that race were very tough because it was foggy, and okay. it, which took a lot of concentration to navigate. Um, it's quite a small race, 130 competitors. Okay, so small. you, you right. spread out very quickly, and you, you tend to be... You know, I was lucky I, I hooked up with one other guy, and we kind of kept each other going through the night. Um, but yeah, it was very tough. At some points, you know, you couldn't see where you were going just because of the, the reflection back from the fog, from your head torch. Could you, could you see the path you were walking on? <clears throat> yeah, I had to point my head torch down just to, to stop stumbling. You know, cause this was the nighttime section. You know, we were into like mile 70 plus. Okay. Um, and so we, we had to be, it, legs were tired. And you're know, stumbling, you know, obviously you get fed up of stumbling and stubbing your toe and falling over rocks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were basically walking along very, very slowly with head torches pointed down just to prevent okay. ourselves from stumbling. And that yeah. in itself can be really tiring as well. It like, was exhausting, yeah. yeah. And you're not relaxed in the, in the way that you're running during the daytime. You're, you've got to be on high alert all, yeah. all the time. Yeah, you're a full on, full on concentration, especially to navigate as well. Yeah. And, you know, that, that level of concentration absolutely exhausts you. And I've never felt such a feeling of elation when, you know, the skies finally got bright enough. Like yeah. I turned my head torch off and the fog kind of dissipated and we could see where we were going. And it was just a, a magical feeling. Mm. Does it, did it really lift you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I suddenly thought right. it's morning. Mm. We're through it. You know, I thought at that point, I thought there's no way I'm not going to finish this now. 
Brilliant, fantastic. Yeah. And you did, you went on to finish it. I went on to finish it, yeah, thanks to the help of some of my friends. Uh-huh. Maybe it's a good time call. You can have a sip of your beer and I could uh, I could just tell tell You the take it up from there, Dan. Yeah. So we um yeah, so this this is an interesting tale. We um Colin was doing the race and uh Jason, a friend of ours, Jason who's been on the show before, and I decided that we would surprise Colin and travel up to the race, which is a long way from Portsmouth. Um but yeah, we got the plans together. We drove up, we think we left about four in the morning. And we surprised Colin at, I think it was about mile 90? Mile 90, or just over mile 90. Mile yes. 90, okay. So what, and what we did was um, we knew Colin was coming up this hill and we had met up with Colin's mum and, and stepdad and we had, um, you know, we were hiding behind the car when you came up this hill and we just kind of jumped out <laughs> when you got to the car and Colin, it was unbelievable because you were so tired and so, you know, so exhausted. You kind of looked at us for just a second and then looked away and then looked back again again. I think I think your exact words were, "What the fuck are you guys doing here?" <laughs> there was something along those lines, yeah. <laughs> I looked at you and recognised you, and I thought, "Oh, there's Dan. Oh, there's Jace." Then all of a sudden, I thought, "What are they doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> this is North Yorkshire. They're miles away, and yeah, they've driven all the way up to see me and uh, helped me through the last twenty miles. And God, I needed it. And well, yeah, it was um, the timing was amazing because your the guy you'd been running with. Had unfortunately had to drop out from yeah, injury. Yeah, he had to withdraw in Osmotherly, which is about two miles before that point. Yeah. Okay, so at that point you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got what 20, 20 miles or so to go. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so, so <laughs> I, I, I hope it lifted you and just give, didn't give oh, you. Too oh, it much did. Yeah, it absolutely lifted me, and you, you kept my mind off the pain for the last twenty miles. You know, talking at me the whole way. Yeah. I'm glad because you know in that state you can often I think runners become um, honest. So if you hadn't wanted to see us, you would have been, I really don't want to run with you guys. Please just go back home. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll probably remember I wasn't in the happiest of moods at that time. No. You, no. You had, you had, I think you had ups and downs for the rest of the race. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. ups and downs they were. Yeah, that's how, yeah. how was your ice cream that you had at about mile 98 or 100? <laughs> yeah, that was at the White Horse car park. And that, that was yeah the most magical thing I've ever tasted. A calipo it was. Yeah. <laughs> You weren't looking too oh, happy at that tasty. point. No. Uh, <laughs> brilliant, cool. that's amazing. I mean, to get through to get through a run on that terrain that distance is spectacular. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. I mean, it's really it's really hard. It was really hard. I mean, even just walking the route and, and jogging with you through the last twenty miles. You know, you, I was thinking, crikey, to do this, it's a little bit different to the South Downs. A little bit different, very different. It is, yeah, yeah, it is, um, but. And yeah, I can I can truly say with my hand on my heart, it's it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So one of your one of your biggest achievements for <clears> sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brilliant. Okay. Um, now you've um kind of stepping away a little bit from your experiences running. Uh, you've done you've got a fair bit of hiking um experience and and have you am I right in saying you've done some adventuring courses as well and. Um. Yeah, I've done um. Well, I've done quite a lot of. Um, hill walking you know that that's one of my passions yeah mm -hmm. I do like hill walking um, and I meet up with a bunch of friends um, two three times a year and we go off to North Wales Scotland the Lake District Peak District okay yeah wherever we fancy really and yeah we, we do some hill walking a bit of scrambling cool hotel uh, or tent or well, tent every time oh yeah, cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have tent must use yeah yeah so, yeah. You, so you must have seen a fair bit of, of the UK yeah, yeah, I've been a lot, a lot of good places. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know, I go back to the Glencoe Marathon. I've spent a lot of time in Glencoe. Okay. 
and that is is one of the most beautiful parts of the world mm. i have to say yeah it's, it's just a stunning place and it, that's what i liked about the glencoe marathon was the fact that you're so organic you know the start of the marathon is at a place called red squirrel campsite okay um beautiful campsite in the middle of nowhere and you detach from everything and there's a river running along the side of it and you can camp wherever you want as long as it's within the confines of the site there's mm-hmm. deer roaming through the campsite amazing huh? and they they put up an inflatable start in the campsite i got out of my tent in the morning walked to the start line and off we went so you're right there <laughs> you're right there yeah yeah so yeah i'd recommend glencoe to anyone and glencoe marathon to anyone yeah yeah it's stunning because and obviously the hiking um it's something I, I'd like to do myself a lot more of before yep. some of the longer distance races, especially the ones where they've got hills in them. I tend not to. Um, I did for CCC, but uh, does it does it help the running for you? Like in your in your own experience, does it does um, it go hand in hand with the running? Yeah, I think I don't think I do enough of it for it to make a difference. But I think you understand how to get yourself up a hill economically. I think. Mm, right. um, because quite often when you're hiking when you're hill walking you tend to be carrying a pack as well so you, you're you're accounting for that extra weight um you're conserving energy because you're not racing anyone you know so you take it steady take it slow and just keep moving mm. that, that's do you think idea. repeatedly doing hikes like that improves your uh your your running economy and your the speed that you sorry not your running your hiking economy and the speed at which you would you walk because um from, uh, i know from my own races when i start to walk if it's, a, if it's a steep hill, I just get overtaken by everybody. And I'm wondering, yeah. how is everyone walking so quickly and so effectively? Um, yeah, I, th- I think that probably that is, is a lot down to technique. Um, and just understanding, you know, shortening your, your stride slightly. Mm. You know, trying not to take big steps as you, you know, because you can, you can weigh yourself out very quickly by, you know, making yeah. big steps and, yeah. and putting a lot of energy into each of those, those strides. Whereas if you shorten your stride a little bit, you know, and especially on the steep, steep mm. stuff, you know, you just become a little bit more economical and you can okay. move quicker. It's interesting, yeah. I mean, it's something I want to work on in the future, but yeah, it's just interesting to hear hear your tales of hiking yeah. and if it has helped. Yeah, I, I think it must have done. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm sure it has. Yeah. Do, do you go out with poles when you when you hike? Do you ever use them? No, before? never. Okay. Um, and this is the the strange thing. I've never ever used them hill walking, and only once running. Which leads us in to the very <laughs> next uh, uh, race experience I'd love to hear from you. And I'm sure the listeners would as well. And it's one that um, a lot of runners in Portsmouth aim to eventually get to. Or I know those that have have been, been very lucky because there's now a ballot to get into the race. But it was last year's um, CCC out in Chamonix. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear what motivated you to, to go and do that. I think my motivation started with the, the Hardmores 55 because it had this little badge attached to it which said um, three or four UTMB points. I can't remember what. Because you need the points to, to yeah. be able to enter the ballot. Yeah. So I, I looked at it and I thought, oh, that must be pretty cool. So I looked into the UTMB and I thought, yeah, then that's really got my imagination. Um, and I think that's probably the reason why I did the Hardmore's uh, 110. Okay. Uh, because that carried six points as well. And I thought, right. if I get these points in here, then I've got enough to apply for the UTMB mm-hmm. and I think in between as well you've done the South Downs Wave 50 South Downs 50 as well yeah okay. um, that was that was my training run really for the, the Hardmores 110 right and that as well gave you two or three points uh, as well I think yeah, yeah I think so yeah okay. so yeah I'd accumulated enough points for the CCC okay uh, and so I decided to enter 
So last year, yeah, we ended up in France in August okay. to run the CCC, and it's such a, a great experience. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to start with asking you questions about Chamonix because I've seen so many pictures and so many videos, and it's it's often difficult to describe to people what the whole week is like. But if you could, if you could, in some kind of words, uh, let let people out there know like what your experience of Chamonix was from beginning to to the race. Yeah, now I, I took my family out um, for the five days before the CCC, so we could have a bit of a holiday, and mm -hmm. I could, you know, we could uh, acclimatize a little bit in, in Chamonix. I'd never been to Chamonix before, um, but going there during UTMB week was absolutely brilliant. It, it was an amazing place. The whole place buzzed for the whole week, and I think that made our holiday better. Because yeah. uh, uh, Louise and the kids, they, they just really enjoyed being there and in amongst all the, 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 the races and everything that was going on. The, the, the whole place was just full of runners. Were you expecting that much? No, I wasn't. I was expecting it to be you know, busy, but everyone was in running gear. <laughs> Even when <laughs> they're not running? Up, yeah, everyone, everyone was in running. And the, the beauty of it is there's an event going on all the time. So as you're walking through Chamonix, all of a sudden you hear people clapping from a distance and then it gets louder and you turn around and then there's a, there's a competitor coming through, all covered in dust, absolutely sweaty and exhausted, coming into Chamonix for the finish of whatever race it was. And obviously you can, you can pick up from their bibs roughly what, they, what they've done. Yeah, so the guys coming in from the TDS, you know, they've been out there for two days. Oh. And they're, they're, they're struggling their way into Chamonix and getting a, a standing ovation from everyone who's sat in the bars and the, the restaurants out the front and you know, getting this massive, massive round of applause as they're going through the finish funnel. Yeah, yeah I what, think everyone's, what feeling, feeling. everyone's <laughs> feeling guilty that they're sat there with their cold pint on a hot day. <laughs> I, did. I certainly didn't. <laughs> and you've got a competitor coming through the town centre who looks like they've been running through a volcanic ash cloud. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And their yeah, shoes. So some of them were oh. ruined, absolutely ruined. Yeah, oh brilliant. So, so, so yeah, you weren't expecting just the the absolute scale of of, of the week. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the atmosphere, everyone was happy, everyone was friendly, everyone wanted to talk about running mm. in some form or other. Yeah, in yeah, such a great place to be. Okay, yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, stunning. Same, yeah. yeah, the yeah the backdrop is just amazing. Mm. I've been in the Alps many times in the winter, and that was my first time. In, in the Alps in the summer okay. and yeah what a transformation it's just beautiful nice yeah so obviously so you so you enjoyed the week leading up to the race and, and got to walk around the town have a few drinks and stuff like that tell me a little bit about, was the race registration pretty easy because it's when racing overseas you've got all these especially with CCC all these regulations and rules and certificates yeah. you've had to have signed how, how did the, how did the registration go the registration process is um, it, it's very um, regimented uh, which is great yeah, being in the military, that suits me down to the ground because okay. they tell you exactly what to do, and you do it. And it runs like clockwork. And it runs like clockwork. And Brilliant. the whole process from start to finish, you know, even the the pre-registration, you know, the application, and the whole process of getting your medical certificate signed and uploaded, and then you have to do certain things at certain times online prior to getting to Chamonix. Then when you're in Chamonix, you have to go through this process of going and picking up your bib at your set time. You go and get your bib, you get your kit check. And so everything is very, very well organized. And I think it needs to be just because the scale of the event is huge. Yeah. I mean, I, I myself don't know how they do it. it it's just, there's just thousands of runners there. All those different events. I mean, it must be huge. The amount of volunteers yeah. or staff members needed must just must be immense. 
Yeah, I think everyone wants it to succeed. Yeah, and the runners included. You know, mm-hmm. all the runners who turn up there, they want it to succeed. So they're not going to make problems. Or yeah. very few of them, I think, would make problems for any of the, the volunteers who were there checking your kit and making sure you got the right, right bib and, and all the rest of it. There's no fights breaking up. No, no. Someone, no. Doesn't, wanna, <laughs> someone doesn't want to get away with one hit torture. Exactly. <laughs> There's no one pushing in. Yeah. 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 It, it's all, all very well organised and I, I would recommend it to anyone. What is it with runners and, and politeness and stuff? It just seems to be a very kind of like, very, uh, to me, it's the closest thing to a Star Trek world where everyone's just kind of compliant. And <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, Runners are generally nice to each other because they, yeah. they know how each other's feeling. Yeah, And you know where, you know the pain cave you're all going to and you're all yeah. going to be there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just something, there's just something nice about it, something nice about the community. I, look, I, I think it's great. Um, so, okay, so uh, race kit done, ra- race check, race kit check done. Yeah. Um, you're all you're all in. You know you know you're up for the start. Uh, can you tell us a bit about kind of like the morning of the race and how how it all kind of kicks off for you? Yeah, morning of the race. You know, wake up. My usual routine, as always, is just force as much porridge into myself as possible. Kitchen um, wasn't closed this time. The kitchen wasn't closed. Yeah, I was staying in a very nice apartment. Um, so yeah, lots of porridge in, and then a walk through through Chamonix to get the bus. Um, onto the bus. Yeah, it's still early morning. Uh, the bus takes us through to uh, Cormier. Of course, so there's, so there's actually they've got to ship all those thousands of runners to a different city. Yeah. So two thousand runners from Chamonix through to Cormier oh. by bus through the tunnel through the Mont Blanc tunnel. Um, but again, just absolutely marvelously efficient. Mm. It was great. And by the time we got to Cormier, the the sun was just you know, kissing the top of the top of the mount, oh. mountains, and yeah, it just looked. Spectacular, stunning, absolutely yeah. stunning. So, well, yeah. Were you nervous? Were you? Uh... Yeah, extremely nervous. Yeah. So a few toilet toilet breaks before the start. <laughs> well, it, sure. was, it was yeah, toilet. Then quickly identify your next toilet and then yeah. have a look again. But there's so many people there. Yeah, it, it was it was tough. And you were obviously there with friends, so you so you knew a few people and. You <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not going to talk. This, this is about Colin. This is not about me. But I, I was there at the time. But uh, yeah. So so you, so yeah. And obviously you, you meet so many interesting runners there as well. Did you did you chat to anybody before the start? Who was a. Um, yeah, I mean some some guys from Portsmouth. You know, a few guys there, and and yeah, just just any any old people you bump into. Chat to a while I was waiting for one of the toilet stops. Um, uh, American guy he'd come across. Um, he'd qualified doing the western states 100 and yeah chatting to him for for quite a long time um yeah that's the beauty of of running those events is everyone wants to chat yeah and and everyone has the same same subject they want to talk about they want to talk about running <laughs> weird that isn't <laughs> yeah. it which uh, as runners we don't really mind <laughs> so no, no one wants to have a, have a, a, a brexit chat or anything like that. Uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> Excellent. So, so the lead up to those races, um, I've, I've seen quite a few videos that UTMB put together from last year's race, and the starts are just absolutely epic. I mean, they've got that that UTMB music they play, it, and you can see the crowds just clapping it, along. And it was almost surreal at the start because <clears throat> we'd separated, obviously, and and then I, I was stood, you know, chatting to a few guys around me, but then the whole the noise the crescendoed. So it's getting louder and louder in the start of the countdown and there's the helicopter coming overhead and all that kind of stuff. Someone letting off a, a smoke grenade. And it, it's, all, it's all like it's this, this crazy mayhem. And then yeah. all of a sudden we're, we're all shuffling forward and uh, you're winding our way through quite narrow streets of Cormier. Mm. Um, and and that, again, that's you know, surreal, isn't it? Because yeah. you're actually 
in the race then yeah that, that is it <laughs> and we're going yeah and and again people are, are letting off these little smoke grenades we're walking along and and then the, the pace picks up and and the, yeah it slowly opens out the roads get wider and then then we leave the town and then all of a sudden we're into into the, the foothills okay and we're starting climbing so let's let's um for the for the sake of the interview let's break it up maybe into i don't know thirds or, or half or whatever like that do you want to yeah. do you want to do that and just kind of tell us a little bit about how the first maybe 10 15 miles of of the race went the, well there's a much fabled first climb and it's it's big you're, you're climbing uh, 1200 meters i think um and and it's all up there's no 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 respite at all you are climbing up for 1200 meters mm. um were you prepared i mean you've done a lot of hiking so were you prepared for that amount of climbing in one in one hit I think um, because I'd heard a lot of horror stories about it and how it was writing people off, yeah. you know, I'd heard stories about people getting to the top of that and bailing there okay. um, or at the next aid station. And uh, so I thought, right, I'm quite happy just to tuck in here. It's a, it's a procession anyway because there's so many people going up there. So you go at the speed of the next person in front of you. Yeah, there's always a bottleneck getting onto, it, the, yeah. onto the hills. Yeah. Um, and, and so I didn't mind that because I, I felt I probably could have gone quicker up that hill. Mm-hmm. But I got to the top thinking, well, I'm certainly not written off. If anything, I feel quite enlivened by that. Okay. It's a long old climb, mm. but it was a steady, steady pace all the way to the top. Do you think you can draw a little bit of a comparison there to when your friend helped you on Hardmore 55 just to ease into the race? Yeah, absolutely, easier. yeah. Because so I, I wasn't desperate to get past people, over, overtake okay. people. And you could see some people were. Yep. You know, there's a bottleneck we have to cross, like a little footbridge on the way up to the start of the climb it, just mm-hmm. as we're leaving Cormier huge bottleneck and you could see people getting frustrated which was honest I was frustrated myself and people were trying to cut round people and get past people and then they're getting booed by everyone else as they're going, going past but wasn't yeah a load of booze yeah. yeah it was quite funny because they're looking around looking all guilty but it was it was nice and after a while I kind of said to myself don't worry this is a few minutes yeah, this is a long haul it's here. It's a tiny amount of time in yeah. a very long race. Yeah. And so I, I just chilled out and I started talking to people. And yeah, we had some good chats, just waiting to cross that bridge because we were, we were static. We stood for about ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, just I, waiting I remember to the cross. same. And I remember thinking exactly the same as you. Just, just calm down. This is just a tiny yeah. slither. Yeah. 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 And okay. so yeah, certainly a, a bit of um, uh, our stew on the Hardmore Fifty Five definitely yeah kept me. Yeah, I've always had his little voice in my ear. Yeah. yeah, take it steady. Yeah, yeah. I, ho- I hope he knows that that, that, yeah. he's, that he's he's there <laughs> in your in your mind all the time. Brilliant. So so you got to the top of the first climb. Uh, there's a feed station at the top, or do you do you make your way down? Um, there was a checkpoint at the top, no feed station, and then there's a there's a bit of a drop down, uh, quite a steep drop actually. So it's quite a fast part of the course uh, into the first aid station, um, which was because of the fact that it was the first aid station. There was a lot of people there, so it's quite cluttered. Um, so we got in there and got out as quickly as possible, basically, just to recharge the water bottles and go. What, what um, kind of delicacies did they have at, uh, in, the, in the station? Um, in that one, I, I don't really remember. A um, few cheeses, perhaps biscuits. Um, I remember seeing uh, salami as well. Salami. There, there was a whole <laughs> massive pot of salami that you could just grab from. Oh yeah, uh, which you know, over, over here would, would be fantastic. <laughs> when you were in the race, first stages of the race, you're not too keen on... Uh, diving in too much into that stuff but. no no i wasn't interested in eating at that point okay 
so yeah just got just got on with it and it was good you know just to get out of it because it was a bit chaotic it was a bit mayhem mm. and I was thinking I don't I don't want to be doing this I want to be you know on the trail running yeah because the scenery was just spectacular yeah. Yeah. and at that point you know it was the middle of the day you know the the sun was high in the sky the, there was snow on the Alps mm. you know we were across the opposite valley to, to Chamonix um, to where Mont Blanc was okay and yeah, I just wanted to be in my own little bubble, running along, enjoying it at that, that point, because I felt good and strong. Was it, it was a really hot day, was it? It was. It, a... Yeah, yeah, baking hot day. Okay. Yeah. It was. I think it was hot all week for the, for this year's um, CCC. They had quite a lot of uh, warm weather. Yeah, I mean it was nice. It was really nice. You know that that week preceding the, the race was lovely. Yeah, so we were walking around town in shorts, flip flops. Nice yeah. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, the the race was pretty hot, and it, the the trail got very dusty after a while. So mm. you know, running downhill, especially when you've got a bit of speed on you, you're kicking up a lot of dust. Yeah, we ended up very dirty. <laughs> uh, inside places you don't want to know about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's inside your ears and your nose oh, and yeah, everywhere else that you can think of. So, uh, so brilliant. So, so you'd so you'd obviously had a really really good first climb you're, you're feeling confident you get to the top of the first climb everything is going well great day for it beautiful scenery how did the rest of the race go did it did it go up from there or any any, any low points high points for the rest or yeah I, I think um the daytime part was probably the, the part where i was feeling the strongest um there's there's basically five big climbs for the ccc that first one and then there's another big climb um which takes you into it, uh, switzerland from italy mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big pass and that the descent from there is a long long descent all the way down into Switzerland and then from there is a little climb up to a place called Champé, Champé Lac um, and it was just about getting dark when we got there so we'd done the whole day um, getting to Champé Lac in, in, in Switzerland mm-hmm. and from there on in it was night time for the rest of it and that was where we separated we separated yeah, yeah. We had our we had our little heart to heart conversation. We did, yeah, our little moment, and then uh, yeah, I took off into the night on my own. Yeah, um, which again was a it, it was a great surreal experience. Mm. Um, the the way the, the course is marked as a little reflective tape every hundred meters or so. So as you pass one, then you can just you lift your head, shine your torch around, and you see a little glint. So you think well, that's what I'm aiming for next. Again, it's just an amazing organisation. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so well thought through. And you know, I found myself on my own for a lot of the night. So just having those little glints in the distance every now and then was very reassuring. Because mm. there's some times where you think, I'm not sure I'm on the right trail here. Okay, yeah. right, just small portions. And I think it's the same with yeah. a lot of races. You, yeah. you think, well, oh, I've gone wrong. But yeah, you, you question yourself because you're in the dark on your mm. own. And you think, oh, I don't want to be lost. Race organisers yeah. out there, those bits of tape yeah. are, are, are priceless. They yeah. are really, really good. But I think one of the, one of the nicest things I remember about that nighttime section when I was on my own was the cowbells. Yeah, you know, hearing yeah, the cowbells, right. you couldn't see where the cows were, but you're running along, jogging along, and you can hear this just this. It's completely silent mm. except for this little ding, 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 ding. You know, right. and you you think, well, there's cows around can't see them but they're there yeah, yeah. That's, that's quite comforting I very guess. atmospheric yeah, yeah very you're, atmospheric you're not the only living creature and did you um could you see because obviously you're going steep up and steep down could you see like head torches and like strings of people at, at times yeah yeah um okay. the, there were certain places where you could see like a whole string right. almost going up a hill like way ahead of you yeah. um 
I've seen so many pictures of that. It just looks it just looks epic. Yeah, yeah, it, it's great. And yeah, obviously when you when you see another head torch approaching, that it's nice to have a bit of company for a while. Yeah, so you did so you yeah. did get to chat to a few people on routes in, yeah, the, yeah. in the nighttime section, yeah. and then and then obviously just pass or crack on with your own. Yeah, place. I mean I I love the nighttime sections because you you speak to people and you don't even don't even know what they look like. Mm. Yeah, you've got no idea. Yeah, and you, you know, so you you end up walking, running along, chatting about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, chatting about what school your kids go to and all that kind of it's weird a, stuff. Amazing. Yeah, the information conversations just ramble off yeah. in all kinds of directions, yeah. and and yeah, then you part company. Either they they go ahead mm. of you or you go ahead, and you, you think, well, I wouldn't know that person if I bumped into them in the yeah. street. It's it's one of the things that I that I so wish would happen at the end of an ultra race is because you meet so many people and you have such I say meaningful conversations. You almost feel like you get a deep dive into someone's life for a very short amount <laughs> yeah, of time, you do, yeah. right? And but then you never see the person again. And I always want to find out how that person did, or yeah. or you did. Did they get to the finish? Did they have any problems later on? And you just never find out because you forget, either forget their name or you didn't get their surname. And it's such mm. a shame that. But again, mm. there's something quite romantic about it. Not 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 romantic, romantic, but just something special about yeah it, you know it is. i think if you you know if you went and sat next to someone on a bus you certainly wouldn't reveal some of the personal things you reveal while you're no. you're, you're running through the night in an, an ultra race mm. um i think it's a kind of it's a support mechanism i think because you you, yeah. you, you want to make that other person feel that they're they're part of of you you know you're helping them that's such a good and, point. and they're, yeah. they're doing exactly the same for you and i think that that's possibly the reason why you go that little bit deeper you, you're willing to reveal very personal things about yourself that yeah. you, you would never do sat on the bus you're almost opening up to pull each other along yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. lovely it's, it's, a, it's a good thought how was your finish finish was uh, absolutely amazing so you got yeah. through it um what, yeah. was your, what was your time crossing the line uh 22 hours 30 minutes okay crossing the line um but that was to me was irrelevant at that point because uh, i'd i'd completed it in the time i wanted to do it i'd done sub 24 hours mm -hmm. And that finished, you know, that was what the, the the biggest part of the elation for me was the fact that I'd got round it and done it. Yeah. Um, and it was made more so as coming down from the last aid station. Obviously, I got that, that text from you to say that you were still running. Because <laughs> you thought I dropped. I thought you dropped. Yep. Yeah. And then that text came through to my phone and I still had, what, seven, eight miles left to run. Okay. But at that point... I knew you were still running and I knew you were going to finish mm. and at that point I just thought this is the best this is brilliant <laughs> that's so kind of you. <laughs> it, 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 it really was that, that absolutely yeah. made the whole yeah. race for me yeah. and that, that last you know the sun was coming up then mm. you know the sun was shining off the top of Mont Blanc it was like the whole world was smiling at me and now those last few miles just switch back yeah. through the forest across that little uh, metal bridge on the outskirts of Chamonix and then it just builds and builds as you're getting into Chamonix. And it's seven o'clock in the morning, and I just couldn't believe how many people were lining the streets. Wow, yeah. so you got a nice big cheer through the finish. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 yeah, I felt like a superstar, I really did. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? Like yeah. what you were saying earlier about all those people that are kind of covered in dust and just look broken, yeah. <laughs> and they're just getting, like you say, a superhero is welcome. It's, uh... Yeah, it, it was tremendous, uh, and yeah, I, I would, I can't recommend it enough for people to go and do that. And you obviously applied again for next year? Yeah, applied for the UTMB, so the, the full circuit um, this year, but yeah, unfortunately it didn't get in. Okay. A lot of people so, I know who went this last year yeah. didn't get in next year, so 
Maybe yeah. again next year. You'll, next uh, year, yeah, okay. it's on the cards. Well, you never know. I could be um, just got to do <laughs> another hundred miler this year and get my points. Absolutely <laughs> cool. Oh, brilliant! That, that's so good. So Chamonix, I guess you you could recommend to anybody. It's yeah, that comes with my seal of approval. That does Chamonix okay. gets for the, sure. It's the yeah. Colin Reynolds stamp of approval. Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I I just wanted to quickly touch on your one of your other reasons for running the race was obviously you were you were raising money. I was, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I've well, the Hardmore's hundred and ten, and the CCC. I, I ran them both for Cancer Research UK. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum got diagnosed with cancer a few years back, uh, and it's a very long story. But um, the, the short one is, she had surgery, and she is now living a very full mm-hmm. and happy life. Yeah. And you know that is down to the research and the, the support received from cancer research. Yeah. And it's great um, that you can do that. And it's additional motivation. It kind of goes oh, hand in yeah. hand. It's additional motivation for you to get to the finish line as yeah. well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you, you know, that, that the story starts at the New Forest Marathon um, because my mum was diagnosed a few days before I did the New Forest Marathon. Uh, okay, right. And I can remember finishing in the last few miles thinking, this is tough. And then, you know, I, th- I thought at that time, I thought of my mum. I thought, yeah, she's going through mm. something that's far tougher than what I'm doing here. Yeah. Yeah, it always um, makes you think. Raising for yeah. money for the cause is one motivation. But when you start thinking about what people have been through, yeah, for those causes, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, in one respect, it motivated me, um, but yeah, in another respect, yeah, it really, yeah, focused me to get some some um, some donations in as well. Okay, brilliant. Well, I mean, that that story is remarkable, and I'm sure if if people see you on the seafront or see you out and stuff, they're going to want to ask more about more detail about. <laughs> The CCC and the Hardmores 110, so um, may, um, absolutely amazing experiences that you shared. And uh, I would just like to ask um, what your future plans are. Now, you've obviously hinted at the fact that you'd love to go and do UTMB yep. or, or maybe yep. TDS at some point, just putting that yep. there. Um, what kind of stuff do you have coming up this year and, and what are your kind of like long-term uh, running goals? Uh, well, so far, the only thing I've got planned for this year is the uh, South Downs 50. Um Training's not going according to schedule at the minute, because uh, I, I think last time I checked, it's in about eight weeks. <laughs> is that right? Is it that, eight, is no, it <laughs> something like that, yeah. No, You've you, you just worried <laughs> me there for a second. So, <laughs> so I, I think I really need to start getting my miles in. Um, so yeah, South Downs 50, which I've, I've done before, and I really enjoyed that race. Uh, it was great. Lovely route. Yeah. Well supported. Yeah. Uh, in our stomping ground as well, South Downs. Uh, yeah. I think Centurion get, get quite a good mention on the, on, on the show yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are brilliant. They yeah, they, they do run a very good event. Yeah. Um, but the, apart from that, nothing else this year. But I do intend to do one more 100 miler this year. Ah, um, okay. Uh, I want to get that in uh, because I want to keep my points tally up for UTMB. And also I want to really carry on reminding myself that I can do it. Yeah, which um, I, I I know you can. <laughs> you yeah. definitely got it in you, Collier. You're, <laughs> you're yeah. hard as nails, really. So uh, yeah, I, I know I know you definitely have it in you. And uh, I know sometimes your training plans haven't always gone as you'd like, and you've had some very very rapid last minute <laughs> training to have to, to get done for your race. Yeah, but you're still my training gradient through. it tends to be quite steep. Yeah, but I think um, I save myself a little bit. Mm. You know, I, I don't, I don't keep my training at high miles consistently. You know, I'll, my steady state is between fifteen and twenty miles a week, okay, um, on average. Uh, and then, you know, as as an event gets closer and I start to panic a little bit, then I start to do more more miles. 
and you'll include some longer runs and, in, and yeah that, and that's what increases the mileage I, I don't tend to run any different during the week it's just that on the weekend I'll start getting that long running as well so yeah. it'll go up to 35 40 miles a week yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a good it's a good point I mean there's a, you, to do these ultras and these marathon stuff you don't really need a lot of mileage in your legs unless you're an elite who's going for a sub 220 time for a yeah. marathon etc you just don't need the mileage I mean uh, Camille Heron who's the uh, American runner who run, who holds the I think she holds the 24 hour track race um, oh, yeah. world yeah. record she runs 20 miles 20 miles is her longest weekly run before an ultra so you, you just don't need to go off and do the big miles. Obviously, we enjoy, all enjoy doing it if we can. But, yeah. Um, it's, about, it's about changing your approach, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 You run slow at the start, you run slow all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and you, you keep your, your mind strong. Brilliant. Well, I think you, I've, I've taken enough of your time. We're obviously an hour in. But I, what I would like to do is finish off with a couple of, well, I say a couple. I'm going to finish off with a couple of minutes of recovery questions. What okay, I call recovery right. run questions. Okay, so these yeah. are quick fire, quick answers, uh, and just to, you know get to get to know you a little bit more before okay, we uh, fine. finish off. I'll, I'll clear my mind. <laughs> these are easy. Don't worry. Uh, what <laughs> shoes are you currently wearing? Uh, Solomon Speed Cross Fours. Good shoes. Great. Yeah, these are my fourth or fifth pair. Okay. Yeah. They and they stick you to the trails. They they're great. Yeah. They they suit my feet. I think. Yeah. Good. I get on well with them. Uh, do you? Oh, what's your favourite running route uh, in Portsmouth? I think we touched on the seafront route a little bit while. Um, uh, seafront actually is not my favourite. Um, I first I start on the seafront. I, I head east uh, yeah. and I cut round the back of the caravan park. And there's a bit of scrubland behind um, behind there. So that's I, uh, just when you get to the East East swimming pool. Most people turn around there. There is a section. Yeah, so I drop road. onto the beach there and carry yeah. on along. Um, there's a caravan park, there's a little trail along the back there, and then there's a little cut as you get to the end of the trail, cut through the cut, and there's a bit of scrubland behind there, I cut across there, then round the back of um, See, uh, I think the housing that, estate. I, I th it's interesting, because I think that path there is uh, is not used enough, because a lot of people just kind of turn at the swimming pool, but you yeah. can, like you say, drop down onto the beach, run a little bit, and you actually get that little hill to climb up as well. That so enormous hill. That yeah. enormous <laughs> massive hill of about three meters in height <laughs> yeah um, no it's it's a nice little route i like it you know i i, I prefer to run off road okay. yeah anything on the trail is better than anything on the road yeah. perfect good uh do you prefer a tailwind on the way out or the way back on the seat when you're running on the seafront Ooh. on the way out tailwind on the way out so yeah. you have a headwind on the way back yeah okay i'm the other way around but okay uh what is your can you remember what your like best 10k time is and your best 5k time is just to get a, get an idea of, of where you run uh best 10k was a few years ago it was just over 40 minutes 40 minutes and nine seconds or something like that okay. um 5k time i think is well the one i know is my park run time was 1941 1941 I think. Okay. yeah good um if you could run with anybody whether they're dead or alive anybody in history who would you have? And I know this question is asked normally. Who would you have dinner with? But I'm going to ask: Who would you who would you run with and have a nice, nice, nice trail run with? Who would I run with? Um, it's, a, it's a massive question, so you can never think. <laughs> George Mallory. George Mallory. Yes. Good. Yeah. And, and I'd have a little you... chat to him about his escapades up Everest. I think. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. Um, most embarrassing or, or funny moment while you're running that you can think of? Any? Uh... Um. Uh, no. uh, well, I think one of the one of the best runs I ever did was a park run. Okay. And, and uh, I think you'll remember this. Um, it was fancy dress. 
You yeah, you decided okay. to rock up as Spider-Man. I turned up as a Stormtrooper, but because I couldn't see through my Stormtrooper outfit because it was so steamed up, <laughs> you you had to hold my hand for the whole park run race. Brilliant. <laughs> so I, I just look back on that and think, yeah, Spider-Man and a Stormtrooper running along hand in hand on in park run. I think so, it's um, a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is indeed. Mar- Marvel cross Marvel crosses Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. See see how diverse and inclusive we are. Even Spider-Man can, uh, can befriend the rebel forces <laughs> or the uh, the Empire forces. Uh, what would you claim is your most special running achievement that you've done? The one that means the most to you? Um, I, I think it had to be CCC last year. Okay. Yeah, I've never felt that good and elated at crossing the line there. And feeling so good during the race as well. The whole thing, start to finish, I just loved it. Uh, what current music are you listening to? Any any particular band or what type of music do you listen to generally? Uh, heavy metal, rock and roll. Okay. F- favourite band? Favourite band, very tough. Uh, Hendrix has got to be one of my favourites. Okay. Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. Nice, okay. Yeah. Old school, old school. Yeah, old, old school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favourite post-race routine? Do you have, uh, some people take a bath, some people like to have a shower, uh, some people like um, to do another run. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's not me. <laughs> um, I, I like uh, post-race routine. Um, yeah, just a, a shower and a, a cup of tea. Cup of tea? Okay. A cup of tea is, with, is with absolutely... sugar or no sugar? Or? Um, a very small sugar, yeah. Okay. I've got to watch my waistline. Nice. Um, but no, yeah, a cup of tea is absolutely the best thing after a run. Okay. Yeah. A couple more most useful bits of kit that you own, that you've uh, your kind of go-to piece of kit when you when you run... It could be during an ultra. It could be during a during a shorter race. Um, my little pack that I wear, that, um, the vest, my Solomon vest. Mm, um, yeah. What an investment! Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, it breathes with me. Uh, it can fit everything in that I want in it. it yeah, it's superb. So tw- it's a twelve liter. It's a twelve vest, liter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can get literally everything in the kitchen sink and those things. Yeah, but it doesn't feel baggy when it's empty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, right, and just perhaps maybe, if you can, a single bit of, of advice you would give to somebody listening who may be thinking about maybe doing an ultra or just a general bit of running advice that you can give, anything like any mantra you stick to or anything. Um, mantra. <laughs> I've really put you on the spot now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, certainly my advice to anyone thinking about doing an ultra is just go and do it because you'll find that you, it is possible and mm-hmm. you do have the capability to do it and I think probably everyone does it's just a lot, a lot of people look at the miles and think that's too much for me uh, but it's a different ball game running an ultra so yeah I'd say just go and do it great bit of advice and like you said you learn as you go along yeah. as, as has been yeah. part of, of your experience you've shared Yeah, uh, learning from the beginning so fantastic and just and lastly to finish off Cole obviously this is a, the Portsmouth Running Podcast uh, what do you think it is that makes the, the Portsmouth running community is so awesome. Um, um, do you have any thoughts about kind of like the running community in Portsmouth generally? I mean, I know you take part in Parkrun, so. <clears throat> Yeah, I think Parkrun is one of the key elements, actually. Um, Parkrun, everyone knows about now, and it, it generates a community and people that know each other down there. So, it, you know, it's a, it's a huge turnout mm. every Saturday. Um, but I think you see so many other people running along the seafront the seafront has to come into at some point everyone's Portsmouth run. It does, yeah. It and, is the common, you know, I, I common tend to run around about the same time every day, and I always see, see the same people. And yep. it's nice because 
you nod at each other, say hi, give them a wave or whatever. Mm. And yeah, I, I just like that. Okay. So you, you so can't the area the area just makes for a nice friendly yeah, kind of does. community out yeah. and back. Yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Colin, I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. And I hope everyone's enjoyed and it's been brilliant listening to those stories because you've got some some pretty good <laughs> epic experiences. Uh, yeah, thank you for sharing them. No, absolutely welcome. Cheers, Dan. Yeah.